What's going on, Wolves? It's Lotus Aloba here bringing you a, another episode of Conscious Conversations with Lo. And as always, forever always, I am truly over the moon about my guests because all of my girlfriends are really cool and I get to share them with you in this segment and I just feel like such a cool ass person. So let's get into it because today we are talking about mental well-being, mental wellness, mental health, and I have literally the perfect person to have this conversation with. Her name is Priscilla. All right, let's get into it. Priscilla is a mental health advocate, public health professional, digital content creator, and founder of Saddy Baddies, which if you're not following Instagram, Take a moment, you can listen to the podcast and go on Instagram, go follow Saddy Baddies because it is truly one of the best accounts out there on Instagram. And Saddy Baddies is a virtual sanctuary fostering meaningful dialogue surrounding mental and emotional wellness for people of color, aka us, okay? Her work is centered around highlighting the Black narrative and removing the stigma around mental health awareness in order to initiate collective healing in our community. Without further ado, Miss Priscilla. Hey, Lotus. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. First off, that bio is incredible. Thank but you. I expect <laughs> nothing less because you are incredible. Thank you. Thank you so <sighs> much. Okay. Well, how are you, first and foremost? I, how are you doing? I am feeling more balanced and more centered. Um, I have this week off, so I am looking forward to resting, but resting intentionally and mm-hmm. you know recharging, which is so important for the work that we do as Black women. So that's very true. Yes. How are you feeling? I'm I'm feeling okay. We actually spoke a little bit before this, yeah. uh, Wolves. And yeah, your your practitioner is like not <laughs> in the best of spots, but she's working through it because yes. such is life. Um, okay, but let's get into how we met because I actually don't fully know. I know that like we I want to say embracing the crown, but I feel like we spoke before yeah. that. Yeah, we were we were definitely following each other before that. Um I want to say it was just spontaneous. I, right. I feel like we just found each other's spaces on <laughs> on Instagram. On Instagram. Shout and out we Instagram. we followed each other and it just was like, oh, like, why have I not been following, you know, Exactly. That's before. exactly how I felt. Yeah. But I think yes. it was definitely early, earlier this year. Um, or maybe late last year. Honestly, this whole year is a blur. Like, oh, It's such a blur. I think all of our brains is like, pre-pandemic and, and the yes. pandemic so we don't even know like time is not real but right. I'm just so happy that we did align and we met and you know our missions are are aligned and yeah I love that it's beautiful yes I really appreciate the work that you do with Saddy Baddies for Instagram because I've seen a lot of like um different spaces for women of color um in the mental space the mental wellness space and I've always been like this is not me but this is like the first account where you know I look at the imagery and even just down to like the font and the text and just the way you break down these very complex um aspects of mental well-being and I'm just like this is me like I literally see myself uh in your post and I'm just like it's the luxury for me it's the (laughs) fact that like (laughs) the pictures aren't of like sad women do you understand what I mean like it's yeah it's like regular women just doing their thing and anyone can experience um just the the influx like it's just an ebb and flow when it comes to your mental well-being and you can feel depression 
Um, and then you can experience depression the same way you can feel anxiety and experience anxiety. And I feel like you have a good way of um, giving us the correct vocabulary that we need. Because a lot of people be like, oh my God, like I'm bipolar. It's like, actually, yeah, actually, actually yeah. you probably aren't. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't use that language right. um, because there are people who are actually diagnosed yes. with this. Yes. It's a real thing. Yeah. And I love that you're able to like kind of course correct us in a way where we don't really realize it's happening you just kind of give us the vocabulary like this is what you meant to say yeah. like oh yeah I'm weathering yeah. that's what's happening wait when you said course correct the fact that my correlation was immediately Tariq from power because I don't know if you've been watching power but he has an app called course correct but he's like actually selling drugs through there so it just made me laugh what? it made me laugh internally. <laughs> it made me laugh internally because I was like oh that's the other that's the other time I've heard course correct um that is crazy it's first crazy. Off. I mean what? sidebar but thank yes. you so much I'm so happy that you feel seen and you feel represented because that's exactly what I wanted for Sadie Baddies um when I started Sadie Baddies I started it March 8th 2019 and <laughs> you know my intention was I Honestly, it was just like, I want to help people. That's always been my intention um, throughout my life. Like, you know, I've always, all the jobs that I've had have always been um, catered and designed around helping people, you know? So I, this was an extension of that outside of like, you know, my nine to five or anything like that. So I am just, it makes me, it makes me feel fulfilled knowing that you as like, you know, a sister of mine and, you know, someone that I consider a friend um, and a leader in the wellness space as well, that you feel seen because you should, you know, this is for you. This is for my friends. This is for people who I've never met, but, you know, tell me like, I feel safe here. Like I I love coming to your page and I I feel like I can be myself. I don't have to pretend that (sighs) I'm okay. And that just, that is everything I want. So it just validates it validates everything that that I am doing. Um, so thank you so much. Of course, of course. Like literally, guys. Again, if you have not followed Sadie Baddies by now, I'm very confused <laughs> what's going on, Wolves. Like I'm telling you, that is the account. It's I literally repost your stuff. I want to say every single day at this point. Between you and that yeah, ministry, okay. I literally repost y'all. It's to the point where I don't even tag anymore. I'm just like, look, y'all Listen, know who y'all it is. See it, <laughs> If y'all know the spot by now, I don't know what you want me to do. Um, but okay, I really wanted to talk to you about like black women and mental wellness because mm-hmm. I think this has been a conversation that has I don't even think we've peaked yet, if I'm being honest. Just yeah. from my own experience and then witnessing my close friends and everything like that, I think our level of transparency um is almost at its peak where we're really able to just I mean I feel like we've done a really great job as a community of destigmatizing therapy at least for yeah. black women I right. can't really say for all black bodies yet right but at least for black women where yeah. we're like we're like comfortable saying oh yeah I was talking to my therapist earlier and yeah, it's not yeah. a thing of like you're a therapist yeah it's like, yeah bitch, my therapist <laughs> right right yeah which I think is important but I really want I think when I think about mental well-being I think about people who are younger than us um, and like my experience of being diagnosed when I was like in my my mid twenties, and how my my advice from like all of my elders is like keep it on the low, don't tell anyone. Especially because I was a teacher at the time, and they were concerned that I would lose my job, and I was just like legally they can't, right. they can't do that. Um, but it was more about like the stigma, like it didn't really matter. Yeah. They would find yeah. a way to do that, and right. I feel like 
for our younger Black women that are like maybe coming into experiences, right? As they get older, mm. what I want to know, like, what should we be doing or how can we continue to like get them to know, like, talk about your experience. Don't mm. don't hide it because people are telling you to. Yeah. Like, you never know who you're going to touch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to me, you just sharing your personal experience with dealing with stigma with a diagnosis that you had, you know, I don't think we can separate stigma from capitalism. And I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't want to sound like it's true though. someone that's like capitalism ruins everything, but it does. And it I truly say does. that because you, the first thing you said was your elders told you to keep it on the low because they didn't want you to lose your job. Your job right. is just a, a means of income for you. You know, it right. really is just a way for you to provide some level of your skill set, yes, but I don't know anyone that has a job that they have been able to share everything about them that is awesome and mm-hmm. you know that they're well versed at, right? So the fact that you your first concern was to lose their job, um, to lose your job, I think that has a lot to say <clears> about <throat> how our society shapes our behavior because if you can't even show up as your full self, if you are somebody that does have a mental illness and you're concerned about how is this going to affect my livelihood? How is this going to affect the way right. I eat? How is this going to affect how I can pay my bills? But you can't even focus on the fact that you have a diagnosis that you're still trying to unpack. Like mm-hmm. that is, that's something that I feel like we have to address. And when it comes to black women and our wellness, a lot of times it's the same, it's for the same reason. We don't want to look unprofessional. We don't want to look like we can't have our shit together. We mm-hmm. don't want to look like we're weak because weak, you know, determines maybe how many opportunities we have, which, you know, then also connects to um, how much leverage we have professionally sometimes, you know, if you're dealing 100%. with depression and you're working in corporate America, Listen, like that's just going to get worse if it's not it treated, really if it's not taken care of, it's, if it's right. not handled, if it's not acknowledged, it's just going to get worse because the way that corporate America and professional spaces, quote unquote, professional spaces in our country are set up, they're not set up for you to be your full self. Right. So that's how I look at it. And, you know, I do definitely feel um, that there's way more comfort with um, talking about therapy. When I started therapy three years ago, I was very quiet about it. I didn't tell anyone, mm-hmm. really. I think maybe one or two people knew, but it was not something I publicized. And now I'm like, I got people, mm-hmm. girl, who's a therapist? Who can, I'm like, listen, I'm going to help you. Let me, I'm going to do whatever yes. I can to like put you on and whatnot. But I'm happy that there's been like, you know, a de stigma. Um, destigmatization of mental health which is great but I do think that sometimes we have this um this false idea that you know we have to be productive I think productive has kind of like taken over a lot of our our spaces and um you know people are kind of just trying to like out earn each other and it's like this rat Mm -hmm. race and again capitalism has made us feel like we have to compete against each other and we really do not like you no, can be in don't. your own lane. You can focus on, you know, stacking up, getting your money. I'm all about that. But at the end of the day, is that you're doing it for you or are you doing it to get clout? Right. And, and I think that that speaks to, yeah. it speaks to toxic masculinity. Mm. Like even what you're speaking about just then, like that's just like the negative side of like that masculine energy where 
being productive doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go and do things, yeah, right? Yeah. Getting proper rest is productivity. And I think that, that that the word itself has been so misconstrued where people just have these we- really weird and unhealthy definitions for the word productive, mm. where if someone's like, I'm going to go take a nap, they're like, look down at. Meanwhile, it's like, but they're choosing to take a moment to rest their brain and their mind and process what they've just experienced on a mental level, on an energetic level, on a spiritual level, so they can come back rejuvenated, ready to go. What about that is not productive? Yeah. You feel me? I think we have to like continue to shift our mindset on that because like you said, if I think that productivity and I did for like my early twenties and like my teenage years, yeah. productivity was, you have to be the best in the class. Yeah. You know, you have to like out earn everyone. You have to have the best A. And I wasn't competitive, luckily, you know, um, I was very aggressive, <laughs> but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't competitive. I, I never really had that spirit yeah. about me. Um, but I've, I've also had other black women in my life who were like, if I have to step on your neck to get ahead, because at the same time, like you said, we're already perceived as these weak beings and that we're not professional enough to begin with. And that like, we already have these strikes against us in society. Right. So I'm not too surprised that like our instinct when something like mental well-being comes into play it kind of goes in the back burner because it's like okay immediately I can't see how taking care of my mental well-being is going to help me get this top spot so Mm -hmm. I can take care of myself and my family Mm -hmm. you know what I mean absolutely but but like spaces like what you create with Sadie Baddies um, and even the stuff that I'm able to do with Lobeland, it just kind of yes. reverses that narrative of like, actually, actually, rest is very productive. Right. And I love that, Take care of your mental well-being. I love that episode you did about rest on your podcast. I thought that was so, so important. And, you know, just, you know, when it comes to burnout and preventing burnout mm-hmm. and um, we we all have been through the the worst year honestly you know and I I really hesitate to say like there's a silver lining in 2020 I don't think saying silver lining when it comes to like the thousands of people we've lost and the devastation that we've seen like I don't like Mm -hmm. using that term um because I just I think it's it kind of disregards the fact that like we have we have really struggled throughout this whole year collectively. So I think burnout has been something that a lot of people are dealing with, but I'm really, I'm at peace knowing that, you know, you are representing um, black women in the wellness space as well. And like really emphasizing the importance of rest. I think that is so important. Oh, yes. And let me tell you something. I give all that credit to Miss Trisha of the Nat Ministry. Mm. I will forever, yes. forever just be like, ministry. queen, queen, queen. Because <laughs> um, she'll just hop on the phone with me and be like, girl, I just got up from a nap. What's up? And like, it's just casual <laughs> conversation. And I'm just like, hey. I love that. She's like, did you rest? And she'll like, let me know too. Like, I need you to do that. It's so important. Mm. And the way she lives her life by her work is something I that I'm that. just truly like. I feel like that's what almost all my girlfriends do, though. We we live our lives in alignment with our work, oh, where it's very to. much a part of us. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it's not genuine. Right. Yeah. I feel like, I think that that's such an interesting concept of it not being genuine, because it, it really does feel that way. Yeah. Like, I've had to experience these things in order for me to be able to come up with, like, techniques and tools to help other people maybe limit their yeah. experience or get through that experience faster. Right. It's not like a thought in my head, like, oh, that would be dope. Right. 
and I haven't tested it right, out. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same way. You know, if I'm talking about rest and unplugging and self care, and I haven't I haven't done my face mask for the whole week, I'm hot. Right. Strong. I'm like burnt out. What does that do for me? What does that do for my community? You know, and mm-hmm. I'm such a believer in like taking breaks and, um, you know, just really tapping into yourself and. When the more that you pour into yourself, the more you can give out. It it literally is so just true. it's that's the only way. You cannot mm-hmm. pour into pour from an empty vessel, you know? And yeah. I really take that seriously. So when I'm starting to feel burnt out or um I think one of the first signs of feeling burnt out is um or just exhausted in general is just being irrit- irritable. Like if, if irritable, you honey. Oh man. I was like, damn, well who who <laughs> Who needs something now? Like, sis, you need to take a break because if you feel like every time someone's hitting you up is to ask you something, and maybe that is your reality. Is it true? Sometimes, yeah. A lot of times we Mm -hmm. are givers, especially as Black women. Like, we are very, very often the givers in a lot of dynamics that we have. But, you know, it's also like, okay, maybe this is a sign. Take a break, you know, put your phone on Do Not Disturb, take a nap rest meditate read a book go outside whatever the case is but that's that's you know knowing that you're becoming desensitized to communication and interaction and stimulation all of these things are kind of signs that okay my brain and my body need a break so take one. i absolutely freaking love that because <laughs> literally as you're saying and i'm just like uh this is why I am the way that i am in this moment yeah. because even as and i tell this to my wolves all the time because I want them to know that I'm not perfect. Yeah. I've never claimed to be. Yes, yes. I don't think I'll ever. I think maybe like young Lotus at 17 swore to God that she was flawless. <laughs> and you can't really argue with her. That's just what's her truth. But 30-year-old Lotus is just kind of like, eh, you yeah. know, I'm definitely a flawed being. But to speak on burnout, because I feel like that is something, um, one, that you do, you are able to communicate so eloquently um, on Instagram of like, okay, here are some major signs of burnout, which I feel like is very hard for Black women to comprehend, Mm. mainly because it triggers a lot of guilt and shame, right? And it's a practice. Like, it's a practice putting your phone on Do Not Disturb and not getting an anxiety attack by doing that. It's a practice of like, okay, I need to disconnect from social right now to take care of myself. Because there is a level of like, well, what if I miss out on something? Or what if someone needs me for something and I'm not there for that? You have to really practice being okay. And there's something I learned from um, Les Brown. Uh, He's like a really famous motivational speaker. Um, He's like one of the only black ones, like from that whole male dominated speaker field of like Bob Proctor and Tony Robbins. There's Les out here. Shout out Les. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he made a comment, um, which I always find very interesting when you look at the dynamics Mm. of like leadership involving men and then leadership involving women. There is a different type of way Mm. to lead. And something that I try my best to embody from him is he'll say like, don't tell me anything, like any bad news before 10 a.m. Like just don't. He's like, if someone is already dead, they're already dead. Like I'm heartbroken by it. But he's like, I need this time in the morning to recenter myself, to pour back into myself, to make sure yes. I'm good. Do not tell me that the world is burning down. It's like t- after yep. 10 a.m., we exactly. can solve it because I'll be charged up and ready to like give yep. my all to help find solutions. Yep. Absolutely. And I love yep. that. I'm like, we need that Absolutely. as women. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I took a page out of, I guess if, if that is the way that men, you know, lead 
whatever the yeah. case is. <laughs> I mean, I healthy ones at least, y'all. <laughs> lead that way, but if there are some that are leading that way, that's awesome. I have started practicing this year because of the overwhelm of social media and, um, you know, just pure chaos, both both virtually mm-hmm. and in real life. I was like, mm-hmm. I literally have to detach from the outside world. Like, I am so involved in whatever's going on even if it's like passively like passively scrolling or like not it doesn't even Mm -hmm. matter like I actually have set boundaries um for myself so that before I I don't I don't go on my phone before I've meditated and had tea and done yoga and journaled and read some of my book like I do not respond to text messages if you text me at 1 a.m. I'm not getting back until I'm fully charged up and ready to respond. Mm. And also after a certain time, even if I'm not fully asleep, I don't want to respond to text messages um, or calls or anything because that a lot of times can take away from your energy source if you haven't had time to rest. So if it's not an emergency, I'm like, you know what? it's really okay for me to respond the next day. It's really okay. And half the time it is just like, it's, it. you know, sometimes, yes, obviously if your friend needs you, like I am a firm believer, like to be there for, you know, the people that you love. But if it's something that you know can wait, you can do that. You are, this is your phone. You are paying your mm-hmm. phone bill. Like this is your, it's, it's right. your it's your world. You can choose to respond to people um, when you want, you know, don't feel obligated to be so readily available. And there's a difference between having free time and availability. Like the truth is like, I'm never really free. I just make time, you know, I make time for things (laughs) that are important to me. I'm not, I'm not someone that has a bunch of leisure just, at my fingertips I create leisure I create free time I create availability so learning like to have those boundaries is so important especially as black women like and if you have people in your life that are impatient with you and don't understand that you need to rest or that you're not available they'll get over it or they'll be removed it's very simple because nobody should be talking to you like that (laughs) nobody honestly nobody and you know, let it be known that it is it is okay for you to to be selfish with your time. And that does not make you rude. It does not make you a bad person. It means that you are putting yourself first. And that is crucial. Uh, That's not negotiable. Everything you're me. saying. Oh my God, <laughs> Priscilla. Like, again, this is why we're friends. This is why I love Big Priscilla. Scorpio, uh, I... coming through. Yay, you know? come on. We know yeah. we don't have the time. You know, we just be like, look we have time but it's not time for this okay like and I want to reiterate that for people who are listening especially for my black women out there for my wolves is something that again please understand that where Priscilla and I are coming from is Practice. practice like it's practice even being able to vocalize that because what she said is 100% right your time is your time your experience on this earth is yes. your experience you should be able to experience however yes. you want to and if that means that i can be truthful and transparent there are conversations that are maybe like a few months old and i'm just like i seriously will think about it and be like damn i really want to get back to this person but i literally know that if i open that door it's going to be a okay let me catch right. you and i'm not right. ready for that and i know i don't have the energy to give them and for those who get a little um who experience a bit of guilt and shame about having that detachment from relationships in your life 
look at it this way. When I look at those relationships I've had to put on pause and not because I love you any less, my love doesn't change because you're on pause. It just literally is like, I know how much energy you need to comprehend something for us to have a conversation. And I don't have that energy to give you. And instead of me giving you half of that energy or even a portion or percentage of that energy, I'm going to wait till I'm really recharged up. And then I'm going to reach back out and hopefully I can be of service then. And if I'm not, at least, you know, that, you know, it, it takes time for you to recharge and I don't care what age you're at. Like on top of the fact that what we're talking about as our experience as black women is one thing, right. But then when you're talking about the collective consciousness that a lot of us feel, because a lot of us are very intuitive, a lot of us are very empathic. And then you layer that on with like ancestral wisdom and ancestral Mm. trauma, on top of that, you're always processing so much information at always. all times, always. And you're going to need time. Like, I literally think I have about outside of these interviews, I have like a one or two conversations per day. The rest of the time yeah. I am quiet. I am not talking or speaking because I don't have right. the energy to converse with right. different people. But I also have friends and family in my life. Not all of them, majority of them. My mom is included, yeah. y'all, because my mom is a Leo. <laughs> she swears to God that all of my time is her time. But I just think that's moms. But they know, yeah. like, all right, if she's not responding, she probably, I'm not pressured to, like, get a text back or right. an email back. Even if it's about, like, a business right. opportunity. Because me as a freelancer and an entrepreneur, like, sometimes you can freak out about, like, not checking your email and stuff. You have to know that everything is working yeah. in your divine favor. And I do believe that spirituality or the aspects of spirituality really play heavily into being mentally yes. well. Because it gives you grace in the sense of, like, I everything is working in my divine timing and everything's working for my divine favor. If you really start to believe that, and you really start to look at life through that way, you'll notice that opportunities that you quote unquote may have missed really were not for you. Or you'll realize that later on that you were always being moved into the place you needed to be. And that silence was way more beneficial than that mm. opportunity may have been for you. Yes. You know what I mean? And you have to be okay with that. And that does come back down to rewiring your understanding of productivity. Yes. Because if you don't understand what productivity actually means, you're not going to be able to grasp having moments of silence or being able to be like okay I see that someone just texted me but I don't have the energy to text them back and not feel guilty about that there's no need for you to feel guilty about taking care of your mental wellness and my my close friends all know that what I am I'm probably the most low maintenance friend ever like I really mean that (laughs) I, I have friends who I have not seen in years and we are still tight as hell. Still cool. And they You're still don't the homie. Live, they live, you know, in LA or they live it, just out mm-hmm. of the country. It doesn't even matter. Like, I am such a low-maintenance friend because I respect other people's time as well. So, if, if you know, I know that some people feel really, they get really caught up in this. But I really am like, listen, I'm 28 years old. I'm at the age where... I don't want to hear a lot of noise when I first wake up. Like <laughs> I'm at the mm-hmm. point, I'm at the age where I'm so selective about who I spend my time with and how I spend my time. That is really okay if, you know, a couple days or a couple weeks go by and we don't talk. That does not mean I don't love you. Does not mean I don't care about you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm not praying for you. I pray for everyone in my right. life. All everyone. The time. So even if mm-hmm. I may not have a have I may not have had a conversation with you recently that does not mean that you're not in my thoughts that I'm not you know um 
you know, thinking about you or anything like that, you know, and I feel like people, I understand, like, you know, there's, there's definitely an increased level of loneliness that we're all feeling, um, or Mm. a lot of us are feeling, especially those of us who may not have had, uh, partners or, you know, roommates or family Mm -hmm. members that we live with during this time. I really encourage people that are feeling lonely to remember that you are your, you are your friend and, you know, really get into your relationship with yourself sets the tone for every other relationship you have in your life. And that doesn't mean that just because, yeah, okay, I'm single and I'm just supposed to just stay single. And I, of course, like if you desire partnership, that is important and you should, cultivate that and manifest that you know the right the right partner or partners for you but what I'm saying is in that quiet time in that space of silence or you know not interacting with with other people as much what does that feel like for you you know and why does it feel like that for you and start to start let's start to examine the relationship you have with yourself you know I I've mentioned this before, probably in an Instagram live or so, but I, before I've been in a relationship for the last two and a half years and I love yes. it. It's, 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 we it's love love. actually made me a better person and vice versa. And, um, right. it's a divine partnership in every mm-hmm. sense of the word. And I am so happy that I found my person when I was mm-hmm. single though. I used to take myself out on dates, you know, like, I think that's so important. I used to go to a museum by myself, like have a full day. Like I would take myself to lunch. I would go to the park. I've been to concerts by myself. I've like, I'm, I learned to be so comfortable, like in my own skin that in order for me to meet a partner, it was like, you have to be better than my solitude or you have to Mm -hmm. meet the level of comfort I have with my solitude, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm really happy 100%. that I had that experience because it's helped me to appreciate not only my, my own relationship, but it's deep in the relationship with myself because you're not going to be around your partner 24 seven. Anyway, there are going to be times where you guys are separated or you're, we're apart or mm-hmm. um, you're not always going to be around your friends, your family. What is that relationship with yourself look like in those moments? I think, it's so important. A hundred percent. No, like everything you said, it's kind of like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. L- literally, we sound like the exact yes. same person because I feel that yes. way about Gary. You know, we've been together yeah. for forever and a day. Um, and it's the truth. Like that's something I think really plays into like mental well-being is there's there's loneliness, right? And then there's being alone. And being alone really in itself is not even the correct terminology because on a spiritual and an energetic yeah. level, you're right. never alone. What <laughs> yeah. you would like to be yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Honey, you're never alone, right? As you start to like develop that aspect, and that again is your choice if you want to, if you want to study energy work, if you want to study more into spirituality, what you'll start to realize is that there's always energy around yep. you that you can tap into. There is always access yes. to your ancestors, to your divine guides, yes. your angels, to God, source, universe, mm-hmm. whatever you call onto. Never, so you're truly ever. never alone. You're never alone. Even if your physical body is alone and not with other people, you are still never alone. 
loneliness yeah. of that detachment though of like you don't even realize that you you're can plug into that ecosystem. anymore you are you are literally part yes. of the ecosystem i just for some reason i keep thinking about the opening scene of black is king where beyonce opens with the song i don't know if the, actually the name of the song if it's called bigger i think it is but you know the lyric is you're part of something yeah. something much bigger and mm-hmm. that 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 mm-hmm. line just always it resonates with me so deeply and and just as we're right now talking about loneliness and feeling separated and those feelings, you are part of something much bigger, you know? And if you feel called to tap into that, tap into, you know, your, your ancestors that are guiding you tap into the energies that can help to make you feel connected and, you know, tap into that root chakra because that that's really where, that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. That's where you start to cultivate the, those feelings of togetherness and community and safety, safety, and safety. security. And mm-hmm. a lot of us have felt shook as hell this whole year and not safe and mm-hmm. not secure. But you are you are so rooted and so grounded. Um, and that's an affirmation I, I see to myself every single day because, yeah, it's it's. it's I'm obsessed. Like everything <laughs> you're saying, I'm just like, oh, this is such yeah. a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one more question to ask you. All right, so given my own personal experience mm-hmm. with being diagnosed, so you know, as everybody knows at this point, listen to the podcast, diagnosed with bipolar one, then two, because mm-hmm. they were unsure. That was always a fun time. Then it was like borderline personality disorder. Then it was like some type of depression that I can't remember off the bat. I think it was acute depression. And then I had like social anxiety. So like they gave me all these these interesting titles mm-hmm. to identify with. Um, and I realized that in the beginning of my journey, I had I was in therapy every day. That's how like bad it was for me um, because I did mm. have a suicide attempt. So I was in therapy like Monday through Friday from like 9 wow. a.m. to 3 p.m. every single day. Like intense ther- group therapy. I had art therapy. I had CBT. I had mm-hmm. DB- DBT, I believe. Um, like, and then I had like one-on-one with my therapist and then wow. one-on-one with my psychiatrist. Like literally yeah. it was a very intensive program, yeah. but I'm also grateful for that. And I wish that we had more programs like that. Um, cause mm. I was in Westchester when that happened. I can't say it. that would yeah. have been the same thing in New York city y'all. But, um, given that I went through that for a few weeks and then I was actually admitted. And then that was an entire day from like sun up to sundown of just being in intensive therapy for about two or three months. I realized that it wasn't enough for me. Like I needed a, mm-hmm. a holistic approach. One, because I, I didn't want to take medication anymore. And I always tell people like, if you feel, I, I always say to trust your instincts as best you can, because your instincts are going to be mm-hmm. a bit off in the beginning when you are dealing with like the height of depression. I know that sounds yeah. weird, but there, yeah. there's a pink point to it. Um, or like the height of anxiety. And it's very hard to trust yourself. But if you get to that point where you're able to get like glimpses of like, oh, okay, no, actually, I really don't want to do this anymore. This isn't, this is not helping me feel better. It's helping me feel numb or mm-hmm. it's helping me escape and things that aren't necessarily healthy, you know, to go and speak to professional about how to lower your dosages and right. make a game plan to get off. Yeah. I never just say go cold turkey because right. everyone's body is different and you should not right. play around with chemical yeah. <laughs> imbalances. It's right. just not the best move personally. Um, but for those who, because everything that we've been talking about in this conversation just speaks to like, it's a holistic approach. It's yeah. not just therapy. 
right? It's also connecting back to your ancestry. It's also loving yourself and coming from a space of overflow and making sure that you're so filled up with self-care and self-love. It's, it's, there's so many aspects of mental well-being. And I feel like for someone on their journey, that could be a bit overwhelming. Where do I start? What do I do? That's a great question. You know, I, I'm not a licensed mental health professional yet. You know, it's actually something I'm I'm exploring. Yes. Like, okay, like Claim maybe it. I should, you know, try to get my license so I can make more informed um decisions and give more informed input. But I will say this. I think it's um therapy and holistic approaches are not mutually exclu- exclusive. Like I don't feel that you need Thank to you. only I agree only you know do um a medical approach which is you know psychiatrist therapist medication and i don't think you only need to do a holistic approach you know meditation yoga um yes i think honestly to me what would make sense is to marry the two because they are supplementing both parts of what mental a mental illness is something that is is not just it's not just something that can be fixed overnight, right? Because it's something that develops over time. But what, what contributes a lot of times to mental illness is trauma. And, you know, yes, Mm -hmm. you can treat, you can definitely help treat, uh, treat trauma with uh, medication and therapy. These are essential healthcare services that should be available to everyone. I also think that holistic uh, practices can be super beneficial too. And if, unless you've really done both, how would you know, you know, like, how would you know that this doesn't work for you or this may work for you? That's why it is. It is really important to have a good medical team, you know, not just one person, but a team of of providers that can give you the best insight. It's really hard to find that in an affordable, you know, just an affordable way to do that is very hard to do that in this country, especially without insurance it is. for those who mm-hmm. have insurance or have the, the ability to, you know, receive medical care. Um, I think it's really important to have a, a conversation, like you said, and create a game plan with your, with your providers and let them know what are the effects of, you know, the medication you're taking and, you know, how, how is it making you feel? And that, see, the, the feeling part yes. is, that's, is, that's kind of the more important. holistic approach, right? Because the, the medical part mm-hmm. is, okay, what is this doing to your brain? Or how, how is this making you um, interact with other people or with yourself, et cetera? But the feeling part is something that only you can really share. So maybe it's through journaling, yeah. documenting, you know, having a log of, okay, this is my first day on this medication. This is how I feel, um, et cetera. And there's a lot of people that are doing a combination of therapy, medication, um, you know, programs, group therapy, et cetera, and also doing the holistic approach when they're not in therapy. So, you know, you're taking your medication Mm -hmm. in the morning and then maybe in the afternoon you're doing some yoga and it helps to emotionally regulate yourself you know so that that's to me that would be so ideal um if we have if we have the opportunity to let everybody have access to mental health services and healthcare. mental health services are healthcare. 
Like it's not, you know, just something mm-hmm. that's uh, selective. It is literally healthcare. It's life or death. Just the same way that you wouldn't send someone home with a heart attack. You should never send someone home that's suicidal or, you know, that is uh, going through yeah. um, a, a split when it comes to um, a personality disorder. You know, you shouldn't send them home. Mm-hmm. There should be something more. I, I'm so, I, every time I talk about accessibility I, I hear you yeah, I'm like in that same space right now accessibility <laughs> and healthcare it, it hurts me because <sighs> I shouldn't feel lucky that I yeah. have a black therapist like I shouldn't feel lucky that I have mm-hmm. healthcare I shouldn't feel lucky that I haven't mm-hmm. skipped a bill this year and I'm employed you know I shouldn't mm-hmm. feel lucky and it, it really hurts me that I feel lucky. I feel blessed. I feel like I'm like part of a select few that can do these things. It shouldn't no, be that way. I totally way. understand that. And no, it really, it really should not. Like literally everything that you're saying, I'm just kind of like yeah. reliving my own experience. And it does bring up the feeling of being lucky because I also too, um, I don't really speak much about my experience being um, hospitalized okay. because it was very... Uh, experience as a black body especially because there's there's levels to being in a institution and then realizing that you are treated Mm -hmm. differently because of the color of your skin like it is still very prevalent in mental um like mental wellness and yeah it was exactly it was (laughs) remind me to tell you the story later on because it was crazy it was crazy but either way um looking at it I I do feel lucky and even what you're saying like I'm trying not to feel that way but I do because it's like I was lucky enough to be admitted in Westchester right. than I was in New York City, which oh, is a yeah. whole different experience. I had like cabs, like they set everything up. For, they saw how unhealthy I was because I was unhealthy. I was I yeah. was experiencing illness. Um, and they did everything they could to help me get better. Like they had cabs come to my house that I was staying at and pick me up so that I would get to therapy. Because yeah. even just getting to therapy could be very difficult right. pre-COVID, you know, like finding the cab money or having to get there. And most institutions are very right. like out of society, right? They're not like on a main yeah, street. Yeah. They're usually off somewhere exactly. um, that you have to get to. So like having that experience and having a psychiatrist who um, luckily, because I was also well-spoken, despite having these diagnoses, I was able to be like, I need you to tell me what is in this medication. And because I asked that question, he was so open and giving me the information, but there were a lot of other black bodies mm. who didn't know to ask that question and were just taking things that they had no idea what it was doing right. to their brain right. or the to their effects. body. Um, and yeah. And the side effects that came with it and just realizing like I had a privilege of like being like, I, my mom was a social worker majority of my life. So I knew what questions to like ask. So I wouldn't be placed in a situation where I was just being medicated and no one was telling me how this was actually helping me you know and having the vocabulary to express how I was feeling too is another like it was a privilege there are some people who can't express what they're feeling because it is so much that they're feeling at once or they're feeling nothing at all and that in itself is such a scary um a scary experience especially if you don't know what's happening you know I was able to understand like okay I understand what a bipolar 2 disorder is because my mom has worked with children who've had that as well like I was able to connect dots luckily um but I agree like when I think about accessibility and Mm. I also think about proper representation um once you're in these spaces and how important it is to 
I did not settle for a therapist, nor did I settle for a psychiatrist. I was lucky with my psychiatrist that he was mm-hmm. just a really great person to begin with. But I went through ser- therapists. I went through when I didn't like my um my other psychiatrist for like group therapy. I wasn't a fan of her. I made it very clear. I was like, there are a lot of things that she's saying that are just super judgmental. Yeah. And I don't see how this is helping me um, in my therapy and having to advocate because the one thing I will say that was very stressful is their first thing that they want to tell you mm. is that you don't know what you're talking mm. about because you have a diagnosis. They kind right. of play that you're crazy right. card, but they don't say you're crazy. You know what I mean? They kind of like, oh, well, you know, this could be your disorder. And it's like, no, no, you she sound sounds like, like she's racist. racist. <laughs> That's not yeah. like, and being able to like advocate for yourself. But even in that, that in itself is just so disheartening because you're so tired Man. that then you have to go and advocate for yourself as a black body. Exhausting. It's just, it's exhausting. exhausting. It's exhausting. Wow. It's exhausting, but that's why it's so important to have spaces like Sadie Baddies and like Lobeland because we do talk about mental well-being from different aspects. And I do think when you put them together, like you said, you get this really beautiful, um, whole holistic, like literally this beautiful fullness of an experience. Because I do think on a personal level, I needed both. I needed the medication at first just to be able to see what my body could do. And then be able to look, to mimic that holistically. Right. That's what I needed. I didn't need one or the other. Um, and also, I'm hoping that yeah. the stigma around that is breaking too, because I know medication was like a right. big topic yeah. for a lot of people, especially for there's us. Like there's a lot of shame in that with medication. It's it's actually even like if you have a cut, if you have a laceration, and bleeding a lot you're not gonna just say oh no I'm not gonna use a band-aid I'm not gonna clean this up I'm not gonna put some antiseptic on it you wouldn't do that why would you not do that for yourself mentally right and it's it goes just goes back to this whole this whole idea of like mental illness being invisible but the effects of it are so real you know and I I, yeah I think about so physical about you know you know I haven't personally experienced this but I know people who um when their depression gets really bad they have they literally cannot get out of bed and they look you cannot shower it's hard to even shower you can brush your teeth (laughs) yeah so you're telling me like that's not real you know like to me that that's something that Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of the shame comes from and when I'm talking in when I when I write in you know my my post for Sadie Bodies, I'm including those people as well. I'm not just talking about yeah, you know, women or you know, non-binary uh people who are aesthetically pleasing. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking All about bodies. every single body. I'm talking about anyone who has mm-hmm. ever had difficulty waking up in the morning. I'm literally talking to you. I'm talking to anyone who has, you know, kind of contemplated if their life was worth living. I'm not just mm-hmm. talking about aesthetically pleasing things. I'm not just talking about face masks. I'm talking about people who've really been through this shit. Because it's hard. Yeah. And you're seeing, yeah, 100%. you're seeing it's and not you're easy. safe. You know, at least that's my, that's my intention, that you feel seen and safe. 
at you know sadie baddies but it goes beyond a, a digital platform i i really want our people to understand like if you're not okay that is okay understand there is a path to healing mm-hmm. and it's going to take some time but if you stay committed to it you know you can really surprise yourself with the growth and the healing that you can do and not just by yourself but with your community I was just about to like yeah. add that on because I know my wolves are probably like, oh my God, like, let me tell you, I have yeah. a timeline for these conversations. Why, <laughs> why I chose that life? I'll never know because it doesn't make any sense and I still try to live by it. Um, but one thing I want to mm-hmm. add and hopefully we can close off with this because I think this is a definitely a two-part conversation because mental mm. wellness is so vast. Yeah, <laughs> There are so many different aspects of it. Um, And I don't want my listeners to be too overwhelmed, but I do want them to understand, like, whether you've experienced this or you have a loved one who's experiencing this, it's a lot for someone to handle. And the best way that I, I think the best insight that I've been able to give for people who are experiencing this and who are not experiencing this is if you are not diagnosed with um, Mm -hmm. any of the various titles that they give us um, for mental illness but you have someone that you know or you care about that is, the best thing that you can do is educate yourself on how to be um, supportive in their community. Because I kid you not, and coming from my own experience, it is the most difficult thing to have to navigate these diagnoses and and come to terms with them and, and also not claim them, right? right? Not speak that over your life at the same time. There's so many layers that you have to process as the person experiencing it. The last thing that you want to do is then have to explain to your entire community right. what is happening. It is exhausting. And a lot of times people will shut down yeah. because they do not have the energy or the vocabulary to sit there and express yeah. to you what they're feeling and asking questions like, are you feeling depressed right, right. now? Like think, they're very triggering ways to speak to people who are experiencing something as devastating as depression or as a diagnosis. And one thing I will always say until I'm blue in the face is learn, educate yourself. I even went to go get training as a mental yeah. health aide. Um, one, because I was experiencing things and I had experienced it. I didn't like the way I was yeah, treated. I so I wanted to be a, a different person in that space. But even if you're not experiencing yes. that, it allows you to better communicate with those who are going through it. Because the truth is yes, you're in you that are. sense, an able body, right? Yes. You do have extra energy, whether you want to believe it or not, and not to, to take away yeah. from your own experience in life, right? Especially after this year, but you do have right. a bit more energy in your reserve yeah. to take that initiative to learn more so that your loved exactly. one can feel seen by you and yes. not just by their therapist, not just by the psychiatrist, yeah. not Ooh, just by their peers this. in therapy. I feel like that is so important. You know what I mean? I agree. That's the it's one important. Of the first you need to do that. Um, I've talked about this in Saudi Buddies before as well. I um, got certified in mental health first aid last year, and it was basically like an eight-hour training, mm-hmm. and you get a certificate, and they have yeah. um, they have information on their website. I don't know if they're still doing. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing it. I didn't mind like a yeah. few years ago and it was 16 yeah, hours. They, so I'm they, glad they, they shortened it down, down but still offer some virtual courses. You have to just um, do a little research about where um, to register. But I highly mm. encourage people to do that because I learned so much from that course and you know, you get a workbook. It really helps to kind of break down like mm-hmm. what is it a mental health crisis look like? 
because at least live, living in New York, me getting on the train, I, I see it very often, all the time, all the time, all the time. So mm-hmm. it's really important um, to advocate. That's what that's what being an advocate is about. It's about educating yourself, but also understanding like in this case, you do have more ability and you may have more privilege, especially if you're you're non-black, or if you're not mm-hmm. a person of color. In that case, you definitely should be 100%. using your privilege for you know to help others that may not be in a space to do that at minimum <laughs> at 100%. Minimum. that's that's literally and i can't yeah. tell you how much that would help like even in my own experience like my boyfriend in the beginning didn't really know what was going on he was just trying to be there but he was asking me what was going right. on i couldn't communicate it i didn't have the space to do it. And it led to like a lot of frustration and a lot of um, turmoil and chaos because yeah. I was being asked so much of me and I just didn't have it as opposed to, you know, when he was able to speak to, you know, my doctor, my psychiatrist and get information like, oh, okay, so this is how she's feeling. Because at the end of the day, all you can do is, right. is sympathize in a way. You're not going to really exactly. know what it feels like unless you've gone through it. And even right. then it's such a different experience for each yeah. person. You know what I mean? But just being able to be like, look, like I had a friend when I was diagnosed with lupus, she actually went to her own support group for people who had loved ones who were diagnosed with an invisible illness. She did, she took that initiative on her own. So that way, when I was having these, these episodes that came with the diagnosis, it wasn't like, okay, what do I do? Uh, uh, She was like, okay, cool. This is what's happening. And she was actually able to help me in a way that I wasn't able to do for myself and there's something so healing and beautiful and powerful and someone loving you enough to take initiative on their own without Mm. you having to request it of them just them being like let me go and do this so that I can better help you because right now you need help and I am the roles may reverse years from now you know what I mean so I think that I mean again we can just really when I say like this is our bread and butter I kid you not (laughs) Yeah, we can yes. literally geek out over this for for hours. Um, okay, but what's coming up mm-hmm. next for you? So this is going to be dropping in January, like I said, for our wellness segment. So what can we expect from Sadie Baddies, or what um, can we look forward to? Wow. For I am actually this drop? in the middle of figuring out what I want from Sadie Baddies next year, um, or in January starting mm, 2021. Yes. I want to get very clear about my intentions because my intention for this year was expansion. And that happened. <laughs> that happened. And you did that really well. Happened. And yeah. I think next year I just want to mobilize. I want to mobilize more. I want to have a team. I want to um, produce more content. You know, I want to deliver my message in other ways outside of Instagram. So I'm exploring that, and I can't wait to share. You know, once I have that really crystal clear intention set and I know that the universe will meet me where I'm at so I'm excited 100% uh, yes do you have yes, an email yes, list yes, I feel like email. I'm on it but then mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong okay a monthly so I'll add that for sure um, every month and you know it's really just my way to it's like a love letter to to sadie baddies and it's a way to catch up you know kind of a recap of what we covered the, for the month and you know, follow Sadie yep. Baddies if you're not already. Please. <laughs> I know by this time, y'all. Really, like, 
leave a comment tag and you know what i would love for you guys to do look through sadie baddies here's your call to action look through sadie baddies instagram and find a terminology or an aspect of mental mm-hmm. wellness that you were unfamiliar with and share it and tag me and priscilla in it so that we can share that along with you because I mean, one, you're going to be, when I say your mind's going to be blown, your mind is going to be blown. You're going to be like, oh yeah. shit, this is what I was experiencing. And I had no idea. When you have that aha moment, tag us, share it on your stories, share yeah. it on your timeline, tag Saturday Baddies, tag Lotus Aloba yes. so that we can share in that discovery yes. with you and help you along the way. That's what you can definitely do for sure. Um, of course I'll have like, check the show notes. You guys already know I'll have the link to follow them on Instagram. I'll have her email list link so You guys can join in and get that monthly newsletter. Um, and just stay up to date with all the incredible things that she will be doing because I've also been able to be a part of her live events and <laughs> she is nothing to play with. She is amazing. One of the are. few women that I few practitioners that I actually enjoy I do love like your stuff like I actually enjoy it so much um but yes all right wolves I know this was a very deep conversation but it was one that I really felt was necessary especially for the month of January because we are always pushing ourselves to do more during this month and really really I would love for these episodes to just give you more of a um a playful and more of an intentional mindset to how you set up the rest of your 2021. Yeah. It's not about go, 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 right? We've, we've in this conversation, rediscovered that productivity right. yeah. has not been correctly defined for us. Yeah. So understand that. Let's do the rest of the episodes for Conscious Conversations. And yeah, check out Priscilla. She's fire. I love fire. you so much. She's amazing. So I love you so much. Thank you. Allow me into your space. I love what you've been doing with your podcast, with your work. Just, Thank you. You are a pillar. You're a light. And I'm so grateful to know you. And I love you so much. Same. I feel the exact same way. Like it's it's just love, 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 y'all. <laughs> I really do love these women so much. Um, again, this has just been an honor to be able to share these intimate relationships that I really cherish and hold dear with my world, with my community and that I love that. so very much. So I really hope you receive something from this episode. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I really hope you receive something from this episode. If you did, you guys know what to do. Rate this podcast. Okay, we are looking to be the number one wellness podcast for Black bodies. That is my ultimate goal, to bring all of our lost wolves back home to Lobaland so they can learn more about themselves and rediscover their own personal power and better express their purpose and passion to the world with ease so rate subscribe comment follow priscilla make sure you're following me on instagram at lotus laloba and i will see you for the next episode it'll probably come up after this if not schedule it so that it does so you guys can just tune in geek out do all the things with loba land podcast all right love you to the moon and back bye wolves (laughs) love you bye